You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good morning, and welcome to the Monday Morning Break with Marie. This morning, I'm really pleased to be talking to Maris, and we're going to be talking about all things gaming. So please do message in, um, call in, and uh, listen along. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. and welcome to the Monday morning break. It's so nice to have you on. Thank you for having me. And so just to introduce you to everyone, so you're a further education tutor, yep. uh, working with college age students, uh, but your, um, your degree was in psychology yep. and your master's was in applied social yep. psychology. Fantastic. Um, and then your dissertation, which is obviously the topic of the show, your dissertation was about loneliness. Yes. Yeah. L- brilliant. Great. So if we can just get straight into it, let's just go for it. So first of all, what do we mean then by loneliness? So loneliness, and actually sometimes it can be known as social isolation, um, is a discrepancy between a person's desired level of social relationships and their actual level of social relationships. So it's normally subjective and negative. Um, and like I said, very similar to social isolation, uh, but social isolation uh, refers to the lack of social contacts and being physically removed from social connections, such as COVID lockdown. Mm. Okay, yeah, I think, I mean, certainly I know that we, we did think a lot more about loneliness during COVID and, yeah. and lockdown. And I think it brought um, it brought up a lot of things for a lot of people. I mean, I know, and perhaps we'll talk about this a little bit further on in the show, but I know that at our, at our college, at our workplace, we brought in a loneliness strategy um, that was sort of ways to, to help support staff, um, you know, during that time. Because a lot of people can be, can be used to spending a lot of time with other people and then when all of a sudden you couldn't that was a real shock um but I guess as well there's people who this this social isolation is a long-term a long-term problem a long-term issue um so what is the impact then of loneliness there's loads of different um like consequences to loneliness um, and some can actually be really damaging such as early cognitive decline heart disease early mortality in some cases wow. and sleep quality which as we know can also lead to diminished mental health um, you can feel less confident tired isolated trapped uh, frustrated and the impact is actually well in 2018 five percent of adults Uh, consider themselves lonely which was one in 20 wow which was even before the pandemic um and then that's actually increased to 7.2 of adults which is 3.7 million which is higher in younger people and the unemployed and that survey was from october 2020 to february 2021 so it's obviously increased since covid 
Um, and I don't think we've seen that plateau yet. No, no, true. And I just think thinking a couple of those things there, first of all, there's that very real link between um, your mental health mm. and well-being and your physical health. Oh, yeah. I mean, like to say that, you know, it's actually going to cause early mortality yeah. um, and heart disease. It's, you know, it's just incredible, isn't it? The impact um, that it will have. Yeah. Um, and I guess the other thing I was thinking is, is it's then a cycle, isn't it? It's a negative cycle. So if you're feeling lonely... Um, and isolated and that causes you to lose your confidence yeah it then becomes harder I guess to put yourself out there and, and try and make those links yeah yeah it's it's really hard isn't it um it can be a bit of a vicious cycle as well because it's yeah once you become lonely and then lose your confidence you then might not go out to social events yes therefore not meeting other people so then your loneliness gets higher and it, yeah 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 exactly around. exactly and I think as well those those sort of ongoing um mental health difficulties as well um that if perhaps you are um suffering from low mood um or anxiety or or any of the other um, mental health um, difficulties then you are likely to feel quite lonely mm. um, and then that's just compounding it yeah yeah I mean it's it's so so difficult isn't it and I think loneliness is a very sad thing I think I think it's fair to say we've probably all felt lonely at some points in our life um, but it just has such a big impact doesn't it I think if it's yeah. ongoing you know, ongoing loneliness. Yeah, and I think since COVID, the topic of loneliness has been brought up a lot more for younger people. Mm. Whereas before COVID, I think we just, I don't know, you might always think, oh, old people can be lonely. Mm. Whereas you wouldn't really think young people could be. But since COVID, it seems to be a lot of interest around the young. Why are the young feeling so lonely? That's really interesting, actually. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I think probably pre-COVID it was that sort of stereotype almost wasn't it yeah. um, and not to say that's not true and, and worth thinking about but sort of that impact of a you know that that image of an older person um, who perhaps just sort of pops out to the shops and that's yeah. their interaction but you're right there's a there's a lot of lonely people of all ages um, and I think it's it's something that I talk about with with other things as well there seems to have been um, feelings of shame around this yeah. which would possibly have prevented someone previously saying well actually I'm really lonely yeah um I mean I know that I know that I perhaps wouldn't have probably said that in the past um but, you know because it could it could be a little bit embarrassing maybe yeah. um but actually it's a fact isn't it um that sometimes people get lonely yeah and even feeling lonely in a room full of people that's um there's a quote about that isn't there yeah. about and I think it's I can't remember who it is if anyone listening can remember the who's done the quote but I remember that that being a quote that I read a while ago and it really got me I thought that's that's really true is something like there's nothing sadder than feeling lonely in a room full of people yeah. isn't it um but yeah I think it's something again probably lots of people have felt um yeah. yeah so if we think then I guess you know teachers talk radio and we're talking about education yeah. and teaching so and again that sort of talking about young people especially how do you how do you see this presenting in the classroom so working with individuals with mental health challenges or diagnoses um it's it sometimes present obviously it will present differently in, in different people but something that I pick up on is a real um 
interest in your social life so asking questions mm, such as yes. um, oh you must have a lot of friends or mm-hmm. i wish i did or yeah. things like what are you doing this weekend oh that sounds lovely and it's just those little hints of yeah really being invested in mine or other teachers yeah um social lives um it could be a sign of loneliness but it's, that also is difficult to decipher alongside other things that are going on um but teacher support has actually been linked to student well-being and achievement. Mm-hmm. So the general class education environment does contribute to students' feelings of loneliness, whether that decreases or increases. Um, and it might not be a student that sat alone. So mm-hmm. sometimes you'll see a student sat on their own and they're smiling and listening into other conversations. Mm-hmm. They might not be feeling lonely, but the person who's talking a lot in a big group yeah. might actually be the one experiencing feelings of loneliness. Um so it's really difficult to spot. It's subjective, so it's mm. internal, which is why obviously there are questionnaires which are the thing to diagnose loneliness, but you can't just be handing out questionnaires <laughs> left, right and centre to be like, are you lonely? So it's quite difficult <laughs> yes. to spot. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think, first of all, that, that perception, like you said, it it might not be the person who sat on their own. That person sat on their own might be perfectly happy yeah. sitting on their own. Um, it could be the person that seemingly is is confident and is chatting away, but actually deep down, they they don't feel that way. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah, like you said, that that sort of diagnosing, I guess. Um, you're right. You can't just go around handing out questionnaires. Are you lonely? Are you lonely? <laughs> Although I do think I did post on Twitter, "Are you lonely?" Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that was that was sort of my version. Um, uh, but I guess then, like many many things, it's going to come down to the trust and the relationship you have with yeah. your students. Um, that they might then at times be able to say actually no I didn't have a very good weekend I'm really lonely and I'm struggling with that yeah um and and also I guess on another level having that relationship with your student maybe that in that lesson they don't feel lonely yeah so there's there's sort of two two things to it isn't there yeah and I think through building that strong relationship you will pick up on language because they'll feel more willing to open up to you Mm. and they might express that oh I do feel alone. How can I, how can I make this things feel better? Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, it begins with a really good relationship. Yeah, definitely. I and mean, there's so much to it, isn't there? And I guess once somebody's reached the point, or maybe they haven't even reached the point. Maybe when you pick up on actually, I think maybe what they're struggling with is is feeling alone. I guess then you can kind of, you know, sort of tailor your approach with them or make time for those kind of group activities maybe or facilitating um you know or being involved in planning some trips or or things like that I guess it's all about those conversations and and ideas isn't it um whilst building their confidence because if you're without the confidence however lonely you are it's going to feel too much of a challenge yeah um to suddenly put yourself out there (laughs) go to a new club or hobby if you're not confident yeah this made me think, though, isn't it, about that um, social prescribing? So, have you heard of a social prescriber? It's um, through the NHS, and it's um, yeah, basically, basically, it is that somebody can support you with going along to a new club oh, okay. or um, you know, t- trying a new hobby, a new activity, and they sort of help you find 
help you find it and then they'll take take you along for a few goes until you're sort of ready to go um yourself um and just in this in this area i know in um yately um they are trialing it for young people because oh, okay. it's yeah it's and it just sounds fantastic um yeah, it does sound but, good. because that is that is the the challenge isn't it i guess getting out and meeting people yeah. um quite interested this is just bringing this on you okay. <laughs> i'm quite interested what you think about face to face and online mm. quite interested in that yeah so i just from my opinion i think mm. online you can still feel extremely lonely because there's a real mm. disengagement between mm. someone being there face to face yeah but the actual action of talking to someone mm. can probably reduce the feelings of loneliness yeah. but i do think it's the face to face that will really yeah that i think it's the face to face that will make you feel less lonely mm. Mm. um but again it's the difference between that and social isolation because that's the actual physical social connections yes so maybe online relationships mm. are also a way to feel less lonely yeah because you feel like you've got people around you yeah I know that I would um you know I'd say that I've got you know I've got some friends through Twitter yeah. and um we haven't we haven't ever met um face to face yeah but yet <laughs> um but I know that by talking to them mm. um I I feel you know I it's, it's it's friendship it's very good friendship and I feel supported and I you know I like to think that I support them and and things like that um and to me I think that you know I'm very comfortable with with an online friendship yeah um so yeah I was just interested because I think increasingly young people as well a lot of their interactions yeah. are online yeah um but I guess as well like you've said sometimes sometimes maybe it might risk sort of widening that that feeling that kind of yeah. like I, yes I, I can message someone but then when I put my phone down or I come off my console or my computer I am alone physically yeah so which could like yeah. you said it could widen the gap yeah but then meet people online you broaden your scope of who you can connect with so that yeah. you might end up connecting with people you've got things in common with mm more than having mm. to walk into a room full of people at like badminton say for yes. example yeah. which could be quite nerve-wracking whereas you could be in a whole group of people who love playing Fortnite, for example yes so it's it, it it's a bit of a a weighing out yeah I, yeah i guess exactly you've got to kind of weigh weigh up the, the pros and cons and yeah. like everything i think it's probably down to your self-awareness isn't it yeah of, of checking in with yourself is is this is this helping me um is this perhaps building me up to have more interactions with people um or is this actually making me feel a bit worse and I possibly need to back off social media um yeah. for a while um i mean social media is a big 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 part of it isn't there I think yeah. um it can it can be a very good thing um as always pros and cons but it can also um there's that thing isn't it compare you know comparing ourselves to others and if you yeah. see somebody and all you see is a very curated glimpse of their life yeah. and it looks like um you know and it looks like sort of 
loads and loads of friends and fun and uh, sunshine and (laughs) filters and all the rest (laughs) of it and then you then don't feel that way and you're looking at all these people seemingly you know thriving um you know social media can be again quite damaging for that um yeah I mean there's probably something that you you knew a lot about in your dissertation and yeah dissertation (laughs) Dissertation and so on that kind of impact of social media yeah there was a lot about changing your algorithm Mm. so stop engaging in the posts that make you feel worse and start engaging with the posts so if you see a puppy compared to someone on a beach in Ibiza or something yeah interact with the puppy and even though you might like the photo of Ibiza don't interact with it because then your algorithm will start to shift yeah um but it's really difficult because we're like conditioned to whatever we like, we'll just click on it and we'll just. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's, yeah, it is difficult, but changing the algorithm is a, is a good way to start yeah. shifting your social media. Yeah. That's really interesting. I think we've talked, we've talked about that a few times, haven't we? And I think, and I do see it as well on Twitter. People are, people would put out, um, you know, oh gosh, this is all really negative. My feed today, so please send me a picture of your dog yeah. um, and that kind yeah. of thing. And I love those. Yeah. I just think that's you know, it's taking the taking the control over the algorithm slightly. I guess. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a thing with doom scrolling as well, isn't there? That you, if you are in a low mood, or I mean, let's apply it to loneliness. If you're feeling lonely, um, as you're scrolling, you're going to be drawn to things that reinforce that view. Yeah. Um, and then once you do that and you're interacting with that then yes that algorithm is just going to keep giving you um some some really negative and, and sad things that again it's it's a cycle yeah um yeah gosh there's so much to talk I think there's so much to talk about with with social media with mental health and and loneliness and yeah. and all all sorts but um so yeah, so we've talked about how you could what you can see in the classroom. That kind of it could be someone chatting, it could be someone sat on their own. Um, it's quite difficult to to diagnose loneliness as such unless they tell you. But what about? I'd like to just yeah, probably just before the news, if we just have a start to talk about what about adults. So what about staff and what about other professionals? So a good. Good work-life balance is probably a good start in terms of feelings of loneliness because either with teaching, especially, it's actually seen as a men- well, it's a mental activity having to keep up with everything that you need to do, and it's quite seen as quite a lonely job mm. um, because you could be surrounded by happy, chatty children, but in yourself might not actually speak to an adult for two, three days yeah. because you're just yeah. in your bubble of having to plan things. Mm. Um, jobs with tough shift patterns that mm-hmm. are unsociable hours. Mm. Um, so you may not come across, you might be talking to someone over email or over text, but you might not physically bump into someone to have a conversation with them. Um, but I think it's socialising for some adults in some jobs takes a back seat. So mm-hmm. the work-life balance isn't there. So they might go home from the working day and be like, oh, I'm exhausted. Mm. So then not go out and yes. then not see an adult. And then the same thing will happen Monday to Friday. And then it comes to the weekend and they might be burnt out or they don't want to see anyone. Mm. And that, like we were saying, the cycle just keeps going. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think it's job dependent because some may be seeing adults and talking to adults constantly 
but then other jobs might be well especially since the pandemic working from home yes um yeah so just talking through a screen even doing meetings on zoom or something you're still mm. not physically in the room with those people so you may still feel quite alone yeah it, yeah exactly I mean I think there's no doubt is there that um COVID and the pandemic you know lots of people um switched well everybody switched didn't they pretty much yeah. to to some form of remote working and and work from home and and a lot of places have kept that on um and there can be really good benefits to that I mean I know that I still um attend quite a lot of meetings virtually mm. um because now we all know how to do it yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> um then it's it's cost effective isn't it time effective yeah. um and you can kind of very quickly you know book in a couple of meetings um rather than having to coordinate travel and where it's going to be and so on so a lot of that is very useful obviously but you're right it's not the same as go- being in the room with someone um and I you know I'm sure other people might might find this as well but I find it quite difficult to read people um if it's not face to face Mm. um the phone I'm terrible um zoom and and online a bit better probably but yeah it's it isn't the same as having an interaction in person yeah because body language is a huge thing yes body language is a huge thing and you can especially if you turn your camera off (laughs) no idea (laughs) (laughs) um yeah and I think what you've said about burnout is really interesting as well I mean it's we as as a society um and as a job in education um we have to be very careful of burnout um there's lots more talking about it now isn't there and and the signs of it and looking after your well-being there's no doubt that we're moving towards towards that but yeah the thought I guess and I think I'm guilty of it very much you get to Friday and you've got this weekend ahead of you and I just think oh gosh no yeah (laughs) no I want to have a quiet one um I don't don't quite see me you know let's get it but it but when you do do it you feel better for it it. um but sometimes it's just the thought of it is the motivation to want to do it it is the motivation I always say to everyone as well like there's no way I'm doing anything in the evening weekday evening no no chance no (laughs) No. (laughs) but I guess I guess maybe being aware of it um yeah uh you know but sometimes I think it's that thing isn't it we've got all these areas of our life and is it you know filling our cups no filling our wells um you know and it's sometimes it can feel like a bit of a juggle can't it like you know you've got to look after your you know you've got to work and you've got family and you've got to look after your physical health and and you've got to be creative I think that's one of them isn't it you've got to be spiritual and 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 then when you think you know, gosh, right, okay, I've got to make sure I'm interacting with people as well, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, so that I don't feel lonely. I guess sometimes it can feel like a lot. Yeah. Um, I've got an in- We've got an interesting text in, actually, from Seema that says we're more social than ever, but loneliness is increasing. And I think that's a really interesting point. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Seema, for messaging that. Um, there, that difference, I guess, from time and attending social events yeah to actually the feeling of loneliness yeah because we've obviously increased our well everyone got so excited when we all came back out of the lockdowns to going out to social events um but also online everyone's online Mm. um relationships have grown massively yeah um so 
I do. I, yeah, I actually do quite agree with that. We are more social, but maybe it's like going home at the end of the day yeah. and thinking, I've been social, but I still don't feel, I still feel alone. Yes. And I, I do yeah. think technology does have a big part to play in that. Mm. Um, but no, that is very interesting. Yeah. And I guess maybe the quality of your interactions. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something, I know that we say it to our students that when you get older, you don't have this massive group of friends. It's quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. I mean, I didn't have a massive group of friends when I was younger either. But it is that thing, isn't it, of um, quality, not quantity, and sort of being able to count the number of people, maybe, you know, maybe on one hand, but that you don't feel lonely yeah. around and that you could count on for support, yeah. I guess. I think that's always my sort of benchmark you know, if if I messaged that person and said, I really need some help, would they? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I you know, that's to me. But maybe maybe we're kind of verging more onto what's what's a friend <laughs> rather than <laughs> there, could, there could be another show in that. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, okay. That so I think that's really interesting. Um and I think what we'll yeah, if we Seema's replied as well, hundred percent. So yeah, thank you, Seema. Um really interesting semantics then as well I suppose social you know socializing and and being lonely and on those yeah. kind of what we what we mean by those words um so yeah if anyone else has got any thoughts or wants to call in or text in um please do and we will be back in a bit this program has been brought to you by the happy confident company our clinically approved ready to go well-being and mental health program will help your pupils thrive in only 10 minutes a day, you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school. To find out more, visit us at www.happyconfident.com. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. SATs have made the news again as many media outlets report on allegations that children were distraught after the reading paper. The BBC website reports that parents and teachers of Year 6 pupils said the paper was difficult and that it had left some pupils in tears. In response to concerns, the Department for Education said it worked to ensure that all tests are appropriate. While some parents took to social media to highlight concerns, a few also acknowledged that the tests might be good in a way to have some kind of tests before GCSE, but the schools in general are under too much pressure to perform well. Copies of the test paper cannot be published until all pupils in Year 6 have had the chance to take it. Sarah Hannafin, Head of Policy for the National Association of Head Teachers, said the union was very concerned about the paper and it would be raising concerns with the Standards and Testing Agency. In Scotland, Edinburgh University students have criticised the institution's response to a marking boycott. According to BBC News, students fear their work will not be read as the university plans to continue awarding degrees without necessary expertise to cope with the UK-wide industrial action. The marking boycott is part of the latest phase of industrial action by members of the university and college union at 145 institutions across the UK. 
Union members are refusing to undertake marking duties and assessment related work. In response, universities are considering a number of measures, including changing marking guidelines and basing final grades on work already submitted. Many students have expressed sympathy towards staff, but also frustration that industrial action has had little impact on anyone but students, as universities have not reopened negotiations. The University of Edinburgh said it has robust measures in place to reduce the impact of industrial action and that work, including dissertations, would be read. Schools Week comment on teacher burnout after a report from Wellbeing Service Education Support shows a quarter of leaders, teachers and support staff said additional responsibilities were adding an, on average four to six hours to their working week. 15% of staff said they were spending an extra seven to 10 hours supporting pupils. The collapse in support services feeding into schools, including creaking mental health support and overwhelmed SEND services has left schools and their staff struggling to cope. Jeff Barton, General Secretary of School Leaders Union ASCOL, said schools had become the de facto and unofficial branch of social and healthcare services, but that a lack of training, resources or capacity was putting staff under considerable workload stress. The most common additional responsibilities included offering pupils and colleagues emotional support and dealing with difficult pupil behaviour. More than one quarter of staff surveyed said they had prepared food for pupils who didn't have any, and 41% said they had purchased supplies such as pens, paper and school bags. In the same YouGov survey, two-thirds of school staff said public bodies such as CAMS and social services had been unable to offer pupils support. Further details of the findings can be found on the Schools Week website. The Guardian reported on a proposal to recruit school leavers into healthcare service apprenticeships, which would allow tens of thousands of doctors and nurses to train on the job. The NHS workforce plan could see up to one in ten doctors and one third of student nurses train through this vocational path in coming years. The alternative route would circumvent the standard undergraduate or graduate route. The plans have been met with criticism by unions, but Amanda Pritchard, Chief Executive of NHS England, has been speaking to pupils at a North East Comprehensive School, where she encouraged pupils to earn while they learn, and highlighted the 350 different roles available within the NHS. Finally, in Wales, the BBC reports that the increasing cost of food means school caterers are struggling to deliver on the Welsh Government plan for universal free school meals. The unit price was set with an assumption about possible cost increases, but Education Minister Jeremy Miles said the world has obviously moved on and a further review was needed. The current rate of around £2.90 per child in a primary school is being described as no longer viable, as price increases of 20% on items like milk, cheese, fruit and vegetables take their toll. The Universal Free School Meals Plan is being rolled out in phases to all primary schools, although a target for every child in reception year one and year two to be offered a free school meal by April has been missed. The policy has been welcomed, but challenges needed to be acknowledged. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. 
This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I've been searching for crazy technology. The tech I found ranges from rather funny to actually quite useful. Let's see if I can blow your mind. Everyone has probably used Google Translate at some point, even if it's just to translate a word into another language and back again to see if it changes. Well, the Google Pixel earbuds paired with the Pixel phone allow you to switch on conversation mode. Now what is being said to you in a foreign language is translated into your earbuds in real time. What you say is translated and projected via your phone. You do need an Android 6.0 or higher to do this, but this has potential to be a game changer for communicating not only when traveling, but in hospitality too. Next up is a quirkier invention, Smarty Pans. There aren't many things you can't connect to an app, and the frying pan is now joining the club. The Smarty Pan has a built-in scale to where your food as you add it to the pan, a handle that tells you when the pan is at temperature, and the app guides you through how to cook a meal you're preparing. Also, the nutritional content of your meal is calculated by the app. There's no advertised price for this pan yet, but keep your eyes peeled. It replaces a cookbook, reading the nutrition on a packet, and your kitchen scales, as long as you fry everything. My final crazy technology is the Hush Me. This is an invention for those concerned about being overheard by others when talking on their phone or other connected devices. It works by muffling your voice so others can't hear you, keeping private conversations private. Genius, I hear you say. I need one so I can work during my commute. Before you break out the credit card, it is a rather chunky device you wrap around your whole head. I'd describe it as a pair of large headphones that connect to a cup to cover your mouth. At just over £180 and making you look like Darth Vader, you may want to do a bit of research first. Do you know of any crazy tech? Do you own any? As always, why not get in touch at TT Radio Official? I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Well, I um, first of all thoroughly enjoyed that the two minute tech. I mean, I really want one of those smarty pans. That sounds amazing. Um, not quite so sure yeah, about not the, sure the not sure on the headphones and covering your mouth. Um, I'm like, yeah, but the smarty pan, fantastic. Um, there was actually um, in the news there was some there was some things I think were really relevant actually to what we what we're actually talking about. Um, so the survey by Education Support is. I think it's saying that a quarter of teachers and educators are saying that they're working an extra four to six hours a week um, and 15% are working at just seven to 10 hours a week. I mean, that when you think about everything that you have to fit in, um, everything that you try and fit into to a week and then added at work hours, it's no wonder then the temptation is to just let other things slide, isn't yeah, it? Which um, is what we were saying about socialising and then taking a back seat. Yes, yeah, it's going to be the one that's just going to go, isn't it? I would have yeah. thought socialising or exercise maybe or sleep yeah probably realistically and I think you know you start sleeping less um that adds into what you were you know it feeds into what you were saying um at the beginning as well about the you know the impact of loneliness um and then yeah so it's all it's all connected isn't it there's just there's no doubt about it's all connected um and I think as well everything the other things that were picked up on in the news that sort of people cooking uh, or feed you know bringing food for the children and buying resources um about mental health resources cams um not being able to cope i mean there's a lot for people to deal with isn't it it really is and i can imagine you know being a teacher um it must it's very very difficult isn't it to see your pupils or your students going through these things um 
and and not be able to help or to be at the limit of what you can do to help yeah so yeah just before the news we were talking about sort of yeah adults and, and staff and professionals I think one of the main thing also that news report sort of um, sparked it for me as well that within teaching a good supportive team is yeah. always important um, like we were saying you might go a few days without speaking to an adult um, so regular meetings actual mm-hmm you know, with everyone in the room. So it's not just an email, like, can you do this? Can you add into yeah. the workload? Um, team building will yeah. also increase social interaction as well as then not feeling so alone, as well as feeling supported. It's quite loads of different aspects to team building. Um, and bosses or management need to engage and talk to staff regularly, mm. keep uh, lines of communication open, have two-way conversations, so it's not enough to do it all yeah. Instead, maybe walk in. Yeah. Oh, this is something we need done so that there is a little bit of interaction as well as yeah. the job. Yeah. Um, and then I, the one thing that I think is most important is do something positive every week for yourself, even if it's just one thing. Yeah. Yeah, and that doesn't have to be huge. No, does it doesn't it? have to be huge. It doesn't have to be a big thing, and it's certainly not, you know, kind of, you know, to add to our ever-expanding to-do lists. But you're right, it's about prioritising, yeah. isn't it? And I think all of those those tips and those strategies that you've suggested, um, yeah, it's about it's about um, prioritising people's well-being, yeah. um, of which loneliness is is a big part of it big big part um so yeah those are those are really really worthwhile taking on and actually i think as well it's that um it's that acknowledgement that the the head or the the leader or the manager they they could be they can be lonely as well that can be a very isolating um isolating job um so yeah getting making the effort to come out and say things in person um, having regular meetings having team building it it works at all levels yeah um and on that note we've got i i so i tweeted last week um as i said i did, I did put out my own questionnaire <laughs> <laughs> um, and i tweeted and said have you ever felt lonely um and the the answers the responses that i had were i mean rapid for a start um which says to me you know we we need to be talking about this we need to be talking about this and people want to talk about it um but we had so education is this was a reply education is full of lonely jobs a main scale teacher teaching five periods a day with break duty lunch or after school clubs might not speak to another adult all day and that's actually something that you said isn't it um yeah you might especially if your classroom's sort of down the end of a corridor and you're rushing in and out and press for time yeah you might literally not see another adult um a teacher leading a standalone department might might not have no one sorry might have no one to meet with to sound off ideas and may have to report write reports for every pupil yeah that's that's another one yeah so it's not only it's not only I guess social is it all those interactions it's that actually you can't sort of bounce ideas off each other um might have to carry the whole workload Mm -hmm. um and that can feel lonely um in sort of being the only one in your department um and then yeah finally they've said a head teacher may have no one to turn to at all um yes that one (laughs) yeah that one's that yeah that's that rang that's affected me a little bit I think there (laughs) um so we also had um somebody said absolutely yes they felt lonely and that's why they offer group 
coaching sessions for school leaders. Um, and the, and Alec, he's in a group with other heads himself. Leadership can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, again, yes, we can focus sometimes, I guess, on on leadership being lonely and head teaching stuff. But then Elizabeth has quite rightly said many school librarians feel this way too. Yeah. Um, it's important to find a network of support. Um, yeah, I, I think that's one people maybe don't immediately think of. Um, but yeah, you're in the in the library all day, and yeah, um, yeah especially if it's a quiet space, you might be with your thoughts. Yes, that's true. Because the library is very quiet. Yeah, um, and then Tom Tom Ward said the removal of teaching assistants from the classroom exacerbate this. You had a partner in crime to get the job done with and communicate in an adult way. Um, now they do interventions that have no proof of working. Okay, so um, yeah, I, I think I think I get what you're saying with that, Tom. But I just liked, you know, you, yeah, TA, a teacher and a TA, and you've got a partner in crime to get yeah. the job done with. That's it. It's support, isn't it? And uh, yeah, and can communicate in an adult way. I think, especially maybe if you're um, teaching younger ages just that having a few minutes to just talk as an adult yeah. would probably yeah. is a lifesaver um and yeah super super sbm sbm being a business manager can be lonely all of the pressure all of the responsibility hidden behind the scenes until something goes wrong then it's your fault and you have to deal with the fallout not paid on leadership scale but definitely expected to lead very lonely yeah that's that made me quite sad i think um yeah i'm sorry that it feels like that super super sbm <laughs> and yeah just i guess think of all your business managers because that that's really true that can be very very lonely i imagine um yeah so it's very interesting to hear people's thoughts but i guess yeah it's there's a running theme um people are lonely yeah. um so if we yeah you a little talk now then about what can we do so what can we do to reduce our feelings of loneliness bearing in mind with everything else we've talked <laughs> talked about there's a lot so we've got lots of areas of our life to look yeah. after we are working you know four to six to ten hours extra a week yeah. um our students and pupils are going through it because um you know varies the cost of living crisis gcse's have started today yeah. sats last week um so bearing in mind all of that <laughs> what can we do to address these feelings of loneliness so i think with young people and young adults the starting point is probably to improve their positive affect so help them identify their own strengths yeah um building on the relationships they already have yes um because like we said earlier the quality over quantity um interventions do i personally think need to be more widely available um there are loads of different things that people can do which can actually be incorporated into schools and into teachings like mindfulness based yeah um laughing therapy laughing therapy has always really intrigued me um but it stimulates hormones and then releases endorphins and I mean, if you've ever been in a room where someone starts laughing and then you start laughing yes. and then the yeah. whole room's then just erupted yeah. into laughter. Um, education, lessons on building friendships, addressing barriers to social connections. Um, that actually was a study that was done and has been found to be effective for combating loneliness. So I think talking about building friendships yeah. um, 
within sessions is a good good start um other interventions that when i was doing some research came up like video chats interestingly a lot of them were online so video chats we gaming um robotic or real life pets oh i know robotic as well um gardening so things to get people out into the into the community and actually the government have announced a five million pound loneliness grant Wow. To help okay. national organisations with services and charities, such as befriending helplines, which I think could also be like mm. we were talking about earlier, mm. um, and community volunteering. Because coming out the other end of the pandemic, it's still prevalent. More needs to be done for our young adults. And it can start small and effective just by talking about their own strengths, building yeah. on the relationships that they have. out to others build meaningful connections make new friends through volunteering or get involved in your local community are good ways to start mm. combating the feelings of loneliness so there's loads of things that can be done small and big so it's there's smaller things that can be done because we do have a lot <laughs> a lot that we all need to do um so just little things to start with yeah um and then hopefully things can progress with the grant or with community organizations to yeah no that's that's amazing I think yeah I think it's at different levels isn't it I think so if you've got a, a strategy or sorry a scenario where um you work from home and you perhaps live on your own um and you could go you know hours without actually yeah. talking to someone I guess it's it's kind of um motivating yourself you know you've got to get out and go to the shops or something like that yeah. even if that you know that's the only interaction yeah. to start with um because it's a big leap isn't it it's yeah. a very big leap if you're feeling lonely yeah. um but like you said there's there's so much out there that you could then go and do um I mean actually last week I was helping one of the students we were looking for volunteering opportunities um and there were just so so many it was amazing and some really really brilliant things as well and there was um sort of uh there was like wardrobe assistant for this art I know yeah there was lots of kind of art and culture ones um there was um helping cook food I think on a for the Salvation Army um there was all sorts of really worthwhile things and I think you know you'd be out you'd be out meeting people and being around people um but also that kind of feel good factor I guess yeah. if you're volunteering it's feeling like you've done something good for someone else I guess yeah um yeah it's it's interesting isn't it I think looking at that um quality as well quality yeah. over quantity so you don't have to be out socializing every hour yeah. of, <laughs> every it's day no it's just not possible <laughs> no exactly um or affordable well, yeah, yeah, that's also true. Um, but but you can have those quality interactions then that, that hopefully give you that lasting effect of of not being alone. I mean, yeah. that's really what it, you know, that's really the opposite of loneliness, isn't it? Is feeling like you're not alone. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had, um, we did bring in at, at work a loneliness strategy, actually. So it started um, during COVID, we put it together. But a lot of it with, you know, with all these things, um, a lot of it's still 
still applicable, um, yeah. really, post-COVID. Um, so as employers, we we felt, or as a leadership team, we felt that we've got the opportunity to kind of raise awareness um, of loneliness and, and tackle the stigma of it. As I said, you know, there still seems to be those feelings of, of shame around it um, and supporting the staff through what was a really challenging time, but also going forward. Um, so we had things like um, that we would um, continue to raise awareness about the importance of staff well-being um, and provide support and resources for that. Um, we provide access to talking therapies and peer support. Uh, we we had an agreement. You just need to make sure that you reach out to a colleague who you might not work with every day. So I guess that's kind of tied into your your thing of what you were saying, you know, of um, face-to-face, uh, yeah. you know, making sure your interactions are face-to-face when they can be. Um, we we also wanted to make sure that people have have time to have informal conversations with colleagues during the working day. Um, these things, I guess what you'd say, you know, water cooler chat or yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> sort of thing. Photo, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a bit of gossip at the photocopier. And these things can sound, I guess, you know, not important, but I do, I think they are important. Yeah. You've got to have time, um, you know, to start the day with a five minutes to just have a cup of tea and how was your evening? How was your weekend? Um, you know, it's not just straight into, yeah, you know, business. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we looked as well about the NHS five ways to well-being, um, and that that's a really fantastic. If anyone who hasn't, I highly recommend sort of looking looking up um, at that. And it's just it's things like you know these these five ways to well-being are things like. Um, connecting, taking notice, um, giving, those sort of things. So you can, yeah, we've got connect. So connect with the people around you, your family, friends, colleagues and neighbours. Spend time developing these relationships. Be active. um, Keep learning. I mean, I think that's a really, really interesting one. And actually probably another opportunity to meet people yeah keep learning um give to others so even the smallest act can count so whether it's a smile a thank you or a kind word um which is really really lovely um and then larger acts such as volunteering at your local community center um not only improve your mental well-being but help you build new networks um and then being mindful being aware of the present moment um which yeah i think that's something to be aware of isn't it with when you're feeling lonely um that whether you're sitting with that feeling or whether you can in a mindful way that you know plan action yeah i guess to address it um so it's been we've had a couple more messages in which is really nice i really appreciate people listening and messaging in but um we've got a message here that joining a group helps um my local cafe offers a lot of free workshops such as games nights journaling workshops book club etc being around like-minded people helps and once you go a couple of times it's less daunting there's no expectations as well you can just turn up but being around people is a plus when you've been in a classroom totally agree yeah i think um i think libraries as well do a lot of things like that don't they yeah. they've got various different sort of sessions and things i guess it's just research isn't it um case of research um and getting out there mm. and you never know who you're going to meet no that's very true but i think that sort of links in as well to i, I just think that there needs it needs to be more widely available yeah. so 
you know, um, posts or like flyers up in the supermarket or something just so that people know these things are going on. Because I think that's the thing. People don't really want to dig deep into research for because they're trying because it's even good that they're wanting to yes. go out and do that instead of having to troll through all the different things that they could do whereas if it was just in the local cafe you walk in as you're leaving you see a thing going workshops here mm. on this so it's it's just there for them yeah that's a really good point I think that's a really really good point I think if anything meant anything sort of well-being and mental mm. health wise you are kind of counting on someone feeling proactive enough yeah um to do something about it rather than it all feeling too much I mean it's the same with getting help for for any I think isn't it any any part of your mental health but you're right <laughs> you're right if you've then got a kind of right what can I do in my local area and yeah. and things like that then it might start yeah start feeling like started. a bit too much of a, a job um so I guess I mean I think it's the same same as lots of things isn't it it's talking about it more yeah um and making it absolutely obvious like yeah. are you lonely come to this yes yeah. um you know, because there there isn't there shouldn't be shame and embarrassment. No. And we all. we live in very different times. Yeah. Um and it you know, it's not easy to connect with people for, for all the reasons we've talked about today. So yeah, I agree. I think if it was really, really obvious um on a notice board or yeah, I'm interested what this um loneliness was it the um the government's loneliness strategy? Yeah, is it? The, yeah. yeah, the grant. Grant, um, loneliness grant. Interested to see how yes. that will There we go. There we go. That's what they need to do. They need yeah. to have someone in charge of reducing loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's completely obvious. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think when I was researching about befriending helplines, I've mm. never heard of befriending helplines. No. You no, do you, do, you lines, do you literally ring up and, talk? and Yeah, and they will literally be... It's a little bit like what we were talking about earlier as well. I think they can organise then to come and meet you and go to community oh, volunteering and things really like that, lovely. which is great, but I didn't yeah. know it existed until no. I researched it, so... Yeah, I I didn't either. And yeah, and I was thinking as we've been talking, I was thinking there's, there's sort of an age thing here as well, isn't there? Yeah. So we, we've talked about... I mean, I think a, a younger age of children... They, you know, they can feel lonely. I mean, I remember standing in the middle of the school playground and thinking, I just don't know how to join. Yeah. And everyone else has got friends and they're all playing and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And the, there's things you can do for that, isn't there? Sort of a friend, friendship benches and yeah. being a kind friend. And I think primary and junior school teachers and educators do a fantastic job. Um I think it's a bit more complicated when you get at secondary school. Maybe you're working out your, you know, your identity. Your yeah. teenage years are about your identity, isn't it? And and again, there's there's it's difficult. I think, of course, it is. Um, and then I do think there's a there's a strange thing as an adult of how yeah. do you make friends when you're an adult? Yeah, because it becomes increasingly difficult. But then yeah. you have that odd stage of being with friends from when you were younger to shifting yeah. into adulthood, and you yeah. think have we all moved in a different direction exactly and it's yeah. being comfortable and feeling supported to go out and make new friends because yeah. it's okay to yeah, exactly. change your friendship group totally. if it's not serving you totally. um, but yeah as an adult I do think it is it's it's quite it's, a difficult, difficult one yeah I think there's a certain stage isn't there and you think oh I really like this person I have a nice chat but how do you move it on yeah. to a friendship yeah because when um, you're young 
Yeah, you just your parents like, might be like, do you want to come over for a yeah. sleepover, or do you want to come over for dinner, or do you want... yes. Whereas when you're in, when you're an adult, you've got to do it for yourself. Oh well, yeah, you have to organise it yourself. <laughs> yeah, and it, yeah, it can feel a little bit like, can you be my friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, do you know what, Neris? Today has been so lovely. I have thoroughly enjoyed the radio really enjoyed show. It. Thank you. Um, I definitely don't feel lonely. <laughs> um, but I, I think there's a lot more. A lot more to talk about with that. Um, yeah. So I think we will probably have to plan another one. Um, but thank you to everyone as well that's listened and messaged. Um, I'd love to, you know, I am over on Twitter. Um, love to talk more about it, um, especially if people are feeling lonely. Yeah. I mean, maybe let's just let's just tweet. Let's talk. Um, but yeah, it's been really nice. Um, and did you? Is there anything? Do you have any sort of closing thoughts on this? I I think if you start to have feelings of being lonely talk to someone who you trust um and I definitely think the biggest thing that I would take from this is it's quality over quantity um because like the quote we started with um you can feel lonely in a room full of people so Mm -hmm. you can have the smallest group around you and that can be enough yeah that's lovely yeah I I totally agree um and yeah just talk to someone yeah before it before it gets worse yeah all right thank you everyone for listening and i hope you enjoy the rest of your day this program has been brought to you by the happy confident company our clinically approved ready to go well-being and mental health program will help your pupils thrive in only 10 minutes a day you'll be able to deliver social and emotional learning and well-being tools throughout your school to find out more visit us at www happyconfident.com You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.